Hey everyone, my name is Ben Collins and welcome to the AV Project Podcast. Today I'm here with photographer and director Josh Goldman. Josh directed the Newport Folk Festival's new film, Our Voices Together. We talk about his process directing this film, what it took to make it happen, and his experience and past in music and photography and video. Make sure you check out the AV Project on all social media, and if you have any ideas for upcoming guests, feel free to send them to the AV Project on any social media platform, or you can find me at Ben M. Collins on most platforms as well. Let's get into the episode. little bit about your story and your background how'd you how'd you get started in uh music side of things but also the photography and video side well uh growing up um i always music was always a big part of my life i was a big jazz fan in like third grade i was obsessed with jazz music i played donkey kong country with the sound off and just listen to jazz records in my room as a only child does and um I, it was always really important to me and going through high school, I played in bands, played my own music, you know, did all kinds of stuff like that. And, um, and then when I was a senior in high school, I took a, uh, speech class and for like the midterm project or whatever, they, they give the opportunity to give a, like a 10 minute speech, or you can make a video that like would, um, try to convince someone of another subject, uh, try to convince someone. I forget the I forget the name of like that that style of speech or whatever, but um, I didn't want to give a speech, so I made a video thinking that I was going to be like you know kind of cheating the system, doing something easier. And I used a friend had a Mac Pro with iMovie on it, and uh, I borrowed his little Sony Handycam, and I shot some shot some video, and I just loved the process, and I had so much fun with my friends making it that I just started making more and more videos and. And then, of course, you know, I wanted to make like a movie poster for it. And so I borrowed a friend's camera and started shooting photos of my friends. And, and it honestly just became just what I did in my free time. It was, it was writing and playing music and shooting photos and making videos. And um, that's just all I wanted to do. And my dad wanted me to be an electrical engineer like him because you would, you know, always have a job. And uh, I told him that I wanted to go to art school, <laughs> which was um, which was a, a fun conversation to have with your dad, um, oh, yeah. who doesn't want you to go to art school. And so I convinced him. Um, it was a, a long, a long story, a long journey of, of uh, carving my own path. But um, I left Oklahoma, which is where I'm from, and went to Savannah, Georgia, and went to the Savannah College of Art and Design, studied um, filmmaking, and um, specialized in cinematography, and um, used my, I used my uh, student ID to get into the photo building so I could use the photo lab. Apparently, they don't check what your major is, or they didn't at the time, and so I, I got to go and borrow equipment and learn how to use stills cameras, and, and then was like making short films and documentaries for school, and um, kind of like overdid myself a little bit, took it, took it really seriously and kind of felt like I was burning out a little bit. And, and, uh, I had a moment when I graduated, I was like, I don't know what I want to do, but I guess I should move to LA, but I don't really want to do that. I, I guess what if, if I did anything that I wanted to do, I would want to shoot photos and make videos in around music because music has always been really inspiring to me. And, um, I always wanted to be 
professional musician, but I just didn't have the chops and didn't have the the confidence to really keep going with it. Um, and uh, and then I was just a big fan of Danny Clinch's work, and I was like, you know, it'd be cool. I should just move to New York City and just like work with him. He he does everything that I want to do. And so I sent him an email, and he just wrote me an email back and was like, hey, come by the studio, and we'll see we'll see if it's a match. <laughs> I'd never been to New York City before, and I got in my car and I drove from Savannah, Georgia. The furthest north I'd ever been was South Carolina, and uh, I just drove up 95 and. Um, I actually had a friend that lived outside of Philly and he told me to park at his house and take the bus over, which is what I did. Went into the city. It was pouring rain. I went to the wrong building, finally found Danny's building and went in there and interviewed for a internship. And they were like, we just really hit it off talking about Holgi cameras and music and filmmaking and recent projects. And, and of course, like, you know, being a fresh college grad and seeing the photos on the wall and the posters and all that stuff, it was a really, really, um, a really special experience. And I, and I was seeing, I had chased down to the roots of uh, a lot of like photography and filmmaking and, and art and music that I had grew up loving. And it was like, there was pictures and there were things that I had such an impact on me. Um, and I felt so thankful to be there. And I was also nervous as hell. And, uh, they offered me uh, an internship and I asked if I could have two weeks before I started it. And then I drove back to Oklahoma and I sold my car and bought a one-way ticket and rented a room in Harlem, a sublet a room in Harlem and started interning and <laughs> worked for Danny for five years. And um, it was a really special time. How'd you jump off on your own? How'd you uh, start to do your own work? Well, it's, you know, the longer that you intern or assist, um, someone, someone else, uh, you know, you can get really comfortable doing that and find your rhythm and, and do it for a long time. And, and it's, you know, I just had a, I, I had it in my head, like the longer that you, the longer that I was doing that, the harder it was going to be for me to like get out on my own, which basically I, I go from like traveling all the time, staying in nice hotels to basically like, I have to find my own clients and do it. You basically start all over again. And I was, um, the longer I wait, the harder it would be. I just needed to like go for it and, um, just make some space in my life and, uh, to, to see what was available for me. And, um, it was like three weeks after I quit, which was really hard to do because I could have stayed there forever. Um, I, a friend of mine who, a musician friend who I'd gone and shot some stuff with just as a friend, his name is Sonny. He had turned into the DJ electronic producer Skrillex. And he called me and was like, Hey, you should come out on tour and just shoot photos and, and just make some cool shit. I was like, cool. And he was like, can you meet up with me tomorrow in like Montreal? And I was like, sure. So I just dropped what I was doing. And I, I took a flight to Montreal and got on tour with him. And then I did six tours with him after that. Wow. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah. And I like, I made short films and I shot a bunch of photos and this is like pre Instagram, you know? So it, we were just doing it to do it. Um, That's sweet. Yeah. So yeah. And then it, and then just like one thing led to another, you just, you just kind of work and do whatever, just say yes to everything that feels like something you would is worth doing. You just go for it, you know? And, uh, and I just met people and kept growing, kept mm -hmm. changing, always changing, always growing been good and on that that note how'd you uh jump into the 
new film, Our Voices Together, how that uh, how that come about? Well, I I worked um, I worked shooting um, for the for the Newport Folk Festival for I think six years now, and um, Ryan Mastro and uh, Colleen Hennessy have they're the ones that kind of like handle all of like the the motion content for the festival, and they still do. And they, I, I, I basically went to the festival and hung with them and, uh, I would just shoot video around the festival and just kind of hand over what I hand over what I shot to them. And, um, it was always just fun and free and really special, unique experience and such a, mm-hmm. uh, such a special festival. I I'm such a, such a fan of it and, and, um, it's such an honor to get to be a part of it and be part of that family. Cause it very is very much as a family. It's kind of, it's the same people working I'm creating it every year uh, in a very good way. Um, and, you know, this year wasn't happening. And Jay Sweet, who is the executive uh, producer of the, the festival, um, him and Caps, who's the creative director, they gave me a call and they were like, would you want to make a film this year and try to make us something? We need to make something for fans. And, and they were like, we were talking about making some kind of a film and we need, we want to give something to the Newport community and something to remind, you know, just because everyone, everyone looks forward to it every year and then to not have it is, it's such a, it's such a bummer. Uh, and we want to, we want to remind everyone how much we love them, how much we miss them. Um, but also remind people like why we love Newport, why we love the folk, the folk festival. And that was kind of the direction. And they're like, can you put a budget together? Can you help us figure it out? And so I immediately called um, Robert, who is a producer based in Nashville. And he he comes from the music world. And he's a really, he's just a, an excellent human being and a great producer. And I, we've worked on a couple projects together. And me and him put together a budget. And we got it figured out. And we just went for it. Um, and then I, they basically were like, whatever resources that you need from us, let us know. And, and so I just, I would just go on these long walks in the morning and just make up like, what would be a cool film? Like as a Newport fan, what do I, what would I want to see? Like, how would I want to capture it? How would I make something that would, someone who hasn't been to Newport would, would get a sense of how special it is. And those that like love going every year would have, have an experience that they would feel excited about next year but not the festival was in a total loss this year. There was just something, the spirit was there and, and the community got together somehow, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so that's, that was the direction. That was the mantra. And then of course, like every, it was like every three weeks, the national kind of conversation kept changing and, and the idea for the film, like the structure that I wrote for it. Cause I, I, literally like made a list of musicians that I thought would be cool. And I just started writing parts for them and being like, this, this person will say this and that this person would do this kind of song. This would do this. I just, no restriction, just made whatever I wanted. Yeah. And, and then it was like, you know, as, as, as like, as the conversation would change and it was like the, you know, the death toll of COVID would go up and it was like, just felt inappropriate to just like make the film so much about quarantine and about like, Oh, we're so sad. The festival's not happening or, you know, what was me? The festival's not going on. It's like, that's not what we're about. Like, you know, the Newport is Newport is a platform for lots of musicians to get together and they get a, they get access to a community of listeners and people that really want to listen to music um, in a really special way. Um, they get an opportunity to like, 
speak to the times and speak to the culture and in a very like a free space. And, mm-hmm. and I wanted the film to be that, that same, the same thing. So as, as things started changing and like, you know, black lives matter movement started to really, really make a lot of progress. And it just like the conversation just changed and it, it felt really inappropriate to, to just make a Newport film. And so, but I also didn't want it to be preachy and I didn't want it to be like, a like only, only someone who was like ultra liberal would want to watch this. Like, I don't, that's not like the last thing I want is for us to make something that is just an echo chamber of like the same thing every year or some just kind of vague statement about like change. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I approached artists and some people were into it. Some people weren't, some people didn't know what to do. Every single artist that I approached, it was a kind of a different story and a different conversation. And, um, and then as I started to get stuff uh, from, you know, start to get content back from a couple people, um, I started to piece together what, like what what's sort of the backbone of the film and then i would i would see openings where i was like i really need this person to do this one thing or this person would be perfect to like segue this and um and it just constantly kept evolving constantly (laughs) up until the like you know 48 hours before i turned the film in oh wow it was always changing yeah and how did you walk that line between um like I don't want it to be too too preachy, and uh, let's just make a film that has a bunch of footage from the past years about me- with music and stuff. Uh, well, how'd you how'd yeah. you walk that line? Well, I never I never wanted it to be previous performances. I you know we there was the first conversation was sort of like oh what's an easy way to make this happen? Um, but it's like that's I, if if you really want people to sit down and watch something, you have to you have to make an experience for them as much as you can. And, and it's less of like just pulling, you know, it's, it's like we could have gone to the archives and pulled past performances and pieced that together. But I just felt, especially the fact that we knew that like music licensing and the rights to these songs and stuff was something that we were going to be asking. We didn't have a budget for that. So we, we were going to be asking for favors. We were going to be asking for all kinds of as many things as like that as we can. Um, Cause you know, we're, we're operating off of a budget of a festival that didn't happen and refunded a lot of tickets. And, you know, it's like, they don't know what next year is going to be like for them. They really don't. And it's scary. So we had, we had to make the most out of what we could, but thankfully Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that love the festival and there's a lot of people that wanted to support us and support the festival and, and make something. And, um, and I wanted to make something that was relevant and I wanted it to be all new. And, um, if people really were going to sit down and tune into it, I wanted the first like 10 minutes of the film, people made it through that. They would realize that everything we're making is in a certain order. And there's a certain type of message that is like flowing. And, um, you know, so, you know, how, how did I walk a line of it not being too preachy is, um, you know, there's, there's honestly the, the simplest answer to that is it's all about context and it's all about sequencing. Mm-hmm. And I played with that the sequencing so much, and it's it was you know it's it's like making um if you're gonna make a mix for like someone that you really wanted to like say something to them like you really wanted to tell a girlfriend or someone or significant other like you love them and you wanted to make a playlist that set a certain type of mood the order of those songs is as important 
as the songs themselves. <laughs> yeah. And the same was, was with this film. It was like the ultimate music fans mixtape for me to reach out to artists that I love and then get to sequence it in this, like make my own little festival in a way, you know, it was honestly, it was a dream come true. Um, and I had so much fun ordering it and I found an order that I felt had it, it sort of came, it, it was like, you know, 15 to 20 minute waves of like one, one thought. And then it kind of shifted over to another thought to another thought. And a lot of that was about sequencing and then finding artists to help me segue that with like, Oh, you'd be really cool if you did this one song for me or what if we did this one song? And, and so I, I wanted to be like subtly broken up into chapters so that it wasn't the same message over and over again. And it wasn't just one thought, one idea, one, like, I'm mad about this or go do this. You know, I, it was more of like, I wanted it to feel like a series of conversations, but it had, it had that kind of order so that it was really watchable. Yeah. And what I thought was amazing about it was when you, how you opened up the film with that message and, um, I'm sorry, I don't know his name, but the, the, uh, Jay first Sweet. guy, sorry, Jay Sweet. Jay Sweet. Jay Sweet. The first, that first message is, it feels sort of like a summary of the whole film wrapped into one, like everything that you wanted to say. But then you jump into the, the Brandy Carlisle and, um, her hallelujah. And I just got like chills down my back watching through that entire sequence because you have the empty fort, you have, the uh, footage from past years and it's just like so incredible to see like all the smiling faces and all the emotion in it. So I, I really thought it was like interesting how you kind of summarized it all in the beginning and then jumped in. I don't know if that's I'm not, I'm not trying to not do it justice, but yeah, um, it's, you know what it's um, right off the bat. I really wanted, and it took a lot of convincing um, because Jay doesn't want to speak for the festival and he doesn't want to speak for the artists. But the fact is we need this film needed context and it needed to hear from someone that is really passionate about festival that people know is a big leader and a big reason that the festival is, is growing and alive today. And also the fact that it was a 24 hour event, I wanted it to open up with a message that was speaking to everyone that took the time to watch this thing. And mm -hmm. Uh, you know, we just needed to hear from a leader to set the tone and give context to the whole film. And, you know, there was a few conversations at one point about cutting all that out. And I watched it uh, without it on there and where it just opens up with Brandy Carlo saying hallelujah. And it suddenly felt like just such a sad message of like, we're so sad in Newport. We're so sad that it's not happening, whatever. But I think that having Jay come right out of the gate and set the tone for it, like I said, you know, context is everything for those songs. And, and I feel like that, you know, we need to have a moment of like remembering why Newport is really special. And, you know, just like, I just wanted to charge the film with this idea of, of um, just kind of like it's, it's, it's set a somber tone for it, you know, um, but also like acknowledging, acknowledging the times. Um, you know, also, you know, personally, I really wanted this project. I don't know what's going to happen to it now. I don't know if it'll ever be seen again. I have no idea. That's like out of my hands. But, um, but it's you know, it exists and it's a time capsule. And in twenty years, I hope that it comes to life again in some way, and people can look back at that one year that Newport didn't happen, and and they'll 
have a real, you know, it's a real time capsule, but stuff that people were like cared about and were passionate about. And that was another driving factor of like, what do we put in a time capsule this year? You know, and seeing the Ford empty was a huge one. And, you know, and, and a lot of the conversation in the film were, were little pieces that I think, you know, in the future we, we need to be reminded of, you know? Mm-hmm. What were some of the biggest challenges you faced when making the, the film? Uh, getting anyone to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> some, a lot of artists were just, you know, people weren't feeling inspired to make stuff. And also there's a huge, just a huge void of media and content right now for everyone besides the news. <laughs> um, but um, everyone's getting hit up, hit up to like, you know, make this, shoot this. Let's, we need videos for this. We need, you know, all this kind of stuff. Like we are all just so starved for content and every festival is sad that they aren't having anything happen this year, you know? And, um, and so it's like, well, why, why would they do something for Newport? You know? So we, we wanted to, we really wanted to focus and like kind of lean on the, the history of Newport and the history that's happened at that festival and, and give musicians an opportunity to, you know, to, to speak out in a way and, and be together. And, and it, it honestly, it started to snowball, but like a lot of those were really difficult to make happen. And a lot of things went into a lot of those. So many emails, phone calls, texts, hitting up people from different angles. Like it was, it was an insane, insane process. And every, every piece of the film that you watch was a pr- like, there was no formula to how any of that was made. It was, it was, it was crazy. But uh, Robert, the producer, had an ongoing spreadsheet of like where we were and where the asks were and who we've been talking to and just trying to make some sort of order. And um, so it didn't go completely off the rails. And um, it's tough too, you know, you give someone a, a time frame and like realistically, we don't need it until like three weeks from now. But like you really have to hit people up and be like, we need this in four days, you know, mm-hmm. because it almost felt like that people didn't take it seriously until the <laughs> oh, until the window was closed that um that they would actually like turn stuff in it was it was uh it was interesting but everyone was different you know that you know Brandy Carla we asked her and like 48 hours later she sent it to us it was like oh, really? it was she just like nailed it re- immediately and it was such a boost of energy for all of us to remind ourselves like we can do it. We're, we're going to do it. It's going to yeah. happen. You know, Refreshing I'm kick. Sitting here at this desk, like just, you know, talking to like camera operators and, you know, artist managers and artists and asking for this and that. And it was, it was crazy. Yeah. So you, you directed fully remotely. How, what was the, the crew um, that you worked with down in Newport who filmed the, the empty, uh, or did you travel down to film yeah, as well? Yeah, I did. Uh, I actually oh, did? went up okay. for that. Um, I went up there for for one day to we basically shot the opening with Jay, and we shot the ending, um, and yeah. we shot all of the B roll all in one like thirteen hour day, and um, and it was cool. Uh, Rich Ferry, who is a really a really great just creator, um, he has been part of the Newport team for many years, working as the that, with the doc team and. Uh, and he also lives near Newport and I hit him up and, and, uh, and I basically sat in the back of a golf cart, uh, where we had someone driving and, and Rich just shot all that stuff. Uh, and I 
made him do it over and over again. And um, mm-hmm. he was a real trooper about it. <laughs> but we made lots and lots of lots and lots of that B roll. It was it was uh, it was super important. It was the it was really the only guarantee that I had, you know. Yeah. That there was going to be any kind of structure to the film whatsoever. It was the one thing you could hold on to that you knew was sort of the backbone to the entire film, like the the B rolls, the consistent throughout. Well, yeah, that's the only thing that I really got to control, um, and uh, and that was good for me to have that kind of safety net of of thinking about it that way, and you know, and even that idea was always evolving, and um, but yeah, that was that was the that was my safety net. Yeah. And one last question. Do you have any tips for uh, for younger or even just people starting out um, to get into the music video film uh, fo- photo f- world in terms of music, uh, working with music along there? Do you have any tips for people? Well, first of all, you have to do it because you love it. And it's if you if you want to play by play by some rules or if you want to set some sort of a business structure or an expected income, you will find yourself really frustrated constantly. Um, and you really have to figure out a way to make yourself available and you have to do it because you love it and you have to do it for some musicians um, that inspire you, that make you want to create. and. Um, and I think that there's certain things that like, you know, make sure that you have, make sure that you have like ownership of what you create, you know, to a certain degree. Um, so that when you walk away, you have, you have a portfolio that you can show and that like, you know, maybe later in your career, you could have a gallery show and still be able to sell those prints or, or, you know, those kinds of things. Um, but you want to make stuff that you're proud of and you want to keep exploring. It's like, you know, if you're going to be on tour you know, you really need to set a time limit of how long you're willing to do that. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's fun and is exciting and you get to shoot all kinds of different things, but like you should really take that stuff in bursts, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as best you can. But when it comes to just shooting music and, you know, there's so many mu- musicians, um, that are in a position where, you know, the music industry is a re- in a really, really rough spot right now. And there's a lot of people that need content and that don't have budgets for it. And you should, you should try to make stuff for people that you care about and um, people that inspire you. And I think it's important to not just like try to stick your nose up in the air and say, well, I, you know, all I want to, I just want to shoot Post Malone. And it's like, well, yeah, you and like a million other people, but like, why don't you listen to the music that's around your area? And why don't you reach out to people that are in, in a similar place that you're in of like, you know, they're, they're playing, they're, they're, you know, they've been playing for playing shows for a year or so and they're figuring it out or, you know, and, and try to grow with an artist, try to like, try to like make an energy between you and someone else that you're both excited, you know? And it's like trying to get a cool photo of someone that's already made it is like, you know, that's maybe a little, little later down the pathway for you. But like, mm-hmm. but right now it's like, grow with people and make images that are like not celebrity, like relying on just like it being a celebrity. Um, Cause I think that, I think that there you'll have more access and you'll be more creative and you'll have more opportunities. And you, you know, I think that 
bands and musicians that are just starting out or those that are still feeling really, you know, that are still like attached to being creative and less of just trying to drive a business. Um, those are the artists you want to be around to create with. So that like, when you are ready to, when you're ready to like put yourself in a position where you'll make some more money, you need to be able to make work that translates into something that's really sellable, you know? And I think that that's like, maybe not something you should be so concerned with. Um, it's more about finding your voice for, you know, there's several years you need to find your voice, find out what inspires you, what makes you want to pick up your camera and what makes you want to like go work for 12, 13 hours a day 